the following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton. The show is brought to you by Million Kids. That is because more than one million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. It is just heartbreaking when you realize what is happening in our society on some days. Well, it's a beautiful, beautiful day in Southern California. Not so beautiful on the East Coast as they're getting ready for that hurricane or storm, Florence. It's looking really, really bad. I'm all excited after I'm through uh, recording the show today. I'm going to go up and spend five days training in uh, San Luis Obispo and um, Morro Bay up in uh, California. That's north of us where we live here in California for those folks that are overseas. It's a beach town. It's a lovely town, and I love those folks up there. And we're going to spend five days training law enforcement and first responders of all kinds and and uh, social workers and rotaries and on and on and on. Well, it'll be quite the deal. I always, I always love going off to a, a place, especially when it's on the beach. It's easy for me. Hey, we've had a big, big case here in Southern California that our guys at the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force, um, it is their case, and what an incredible piece of law enforcement work this has brought on. Uh, it's taken nine months to get this. So many of you follow us on Million Kids Facebook page, and I and I highly encourage you, if you're new to this program, please go to Facebook, find Million Kids, and hit like and follow us. We post new cases at Susie Carpenter. I don't do that. Susie Carpenter posts new cases every two to three, four hours on there, and uh this particular case, you know, what happens is so many people see those cases and they go, well, why didn't he get more and why did it take so long and what's law enforcement doing? Well, I'm going to tell you, this is a fine piece of work by law enforcement here in Riverside County. That is the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force led by my boss, Sergeant John Sawyer. And it's seven men and women who spend late, late hours. You know, people who are in human trafficking, they don't work nine to five. They they work really late hours and there's some really bad people. And so while you're all out sleeping or going to your kid's birthday party, these guys are listening into jail calls and getting search warrants and doing cell phone downloads and you know, interviewing witnesses and victims and like that. And this is one of those cases. It took nine months to put this together. In January, they arrested a man out in Hemet. That's a small town outside of um, about 70, 80 miles outside of L.A., Los Angeles. And uh, in his case, what was happening was he was involved. His name was Marvanti Dolberry. He's only 22. And he was picked up because he was putting a young girl into forced prostitution. The police department got a call there that they had prostitution going on in a local motel room. Quite frankly, that's not all that unusual, but they were concerned at the age. And so they went out and they started this case. Now, so much 
uh, accolades need to be laid on Hemet PD. First of all, they didn't keep the case to themselves. They called the task force. They recognized that this isn't a simple case of, of forced prostitution, but in fact, a sex trafficking ring. It took them nine months of listening into jail calls and going undercover and interviewing people. But before it was over, there were three pimps arrested and uh, and sentenced in this. One of them is Daniel Simpson. He's only 18. And another one is Rod Morris. He's 24. But what is horrific about this is they had 14 victims, and 10 of them were under the age of 18, and many of them were only 15 years old. They were treated horribly. I mean, this often, often happens in this. This is not your father's prostitution, as a line I often use. I understand prostitution's been around a long time. This is forced prostitution. When they take young kids and highly abuse them, they rape them, they gang rape them, they film them uh, doing that. They often sodomize them. They burn them. They cut them. They electrocute them. They treat these kids terrible. They starve them, and they never get the money. And it, this is one of those rings. And I just want to say thank you to RCAP for our task force for doing what it took to hang in there. I know they could have tried to close the case in March and again in June, and they thought about it. But they said, no, there are more victims. And they hung in there, and they did what it had to do to get 14 victims freed, and many of them are teenagers. So thank you very much. There is one more thing before we get to our guest, and we have a great, great guest today, so I I hate taking up his time, uh, but I do need to get one more thing out, and with his permission, I'm going to go ahead and do this. You will see on the Million Kids Facebook page a game called Momo, M-O-M-O, and it has a horrific icon on it. It's a combination of a woman and a chicken. By the way, they stole that icon. The guy that developed that icon had no intention of being connected to the game. And what happened is, is that they have created a global suicide game. They believe it might be coming out of uh, Mexico, but they do have phone numbers for Mexico, Colombia, and Japan. They're also seeing it in Argentina and Spain and here in the U.S. And kids are dying from this, And but there's something even equally important. Nothing's more important than a child dying. But there's a concern on there I want to really lay open to any law enforcement that's listening and any first responders or therapists or school counselors or fire department. I know you're listening in Lenexa, Kansas. I'll be there soon. Anyway, thank you. But I want you to hear how this works. Now, the Momo guy, uh, girl icon is freaky, but this technology can be used with anything. It could be Bobo or, you know, Hobo. It could be anything in the future. It's the technology I'm worried about, not the icon and the game. What happens is this freaky icon comes into a kid's life. It's usually on WhatsApp. Or it has also now showed up in Minecraft, which is scary because most of you that follow us know that Minecraft has many cases uh, where it has been used to exploit children. So this icon pops up and says, hey, you want to play a game of dare? And think about this. You have all these kids on their phone who have spare time and they think nothing of talking to a stranger. And I, I just yesterday, I trained 1,400 kids and talked about this. And I was amazed in that school. I took a kind of a hand-raising uh, survey. And at least a fourth of the young people in that school knew a Momo. 
And what happens is as soon as they say you want to play a game of dare, there's a little uh, calculator that comes onto your phone. And it says, if you do, just pick a number. And so you pick a number. What you don't know is when you're picking that number, you are uh, arranging for a hack to come into your phone. And so you don't realize this has happened. They give you a stupid kind of dare, maybe having a boy put on lipstick and film himself and send it to you and like that. Uh, And then the kid will say, well, I don't want to play anymore. You know, this is freaky. This is weird. I don't want to do this. And the first thing they'll do is come through and they've that what they've done is their hack has gone through your photo album. And, you know, most kids have some photo in there they're not proud of. And they start bringing these up and they go, "Mm, isn't this you and your girlfriend having sex? Yes. And then they put they juxtapose right next to it. Your Facebook um, list address book and your Instagram address book and your Twitter connections. And they start to say, you know, here you go. You know, if you don't do the next level, this photo is going out to all these people. And they, you all of a sudden realize they have control of your life. And the next thing they do, in this case, they had them put on a demon face. Before long, they're cutting the word Momo into their arm. And then it goes on and on. And the next thing you know, in less than 24 hours, this kid is jumping off the roof of a building because he's absolutely hypnotized. He's mesmerized. He's in a trance. He is absolutely shamed and taken over and feels that they have no options. So uh, in my writing of my next book, and I hope to really get some time on it while I'm away this time, uh, I'm very close to finishing it. But there will be a chapter on this because this kind of, kind of, it, it's far beyond grooming. It is a hypnotic kind of thing that's taking over a, a person and making them feel that they have no way out. And for a total stranger to come into a young person's life and literally drive them to suicide, someone they will never have met and do that in less than 24 hours really tells you the impact of that fantasy relationship that goes on in social media. So if you want to see it, you might go to um, YouTube and put in Momo, M-O-M-O. They took down the best YouTube. Uh, I was I had it in a PowerPoint, but they took down the link. And uh, But at least you can look at it and see. Please share it with everyone you know. That, number one, it isn't just the icon. That Momo game will go away, but they now have that ability. The name of the game is to talk to young people everywhere and tell them to go home and not only don't ever send a naked photo that can be intercepted, but clean out their uh, photo albums and get rid of anything you do not want to have shared with the entire world and use for blackmail. I spoke to 1,400 kids yesterday, and they get it, and they get it in a heartbeat. So please, parents and, and leaders out there, take take the bull by the horns and go and do that. Well, I have used up almost the full whole segment on this thing, uh, but I want to introduce our guests, and then we're going to really get into it in the next um, couple of segments here, actually three segments. We have had him on before. His name is Lynn Edgington. I got your name right, finally, Lynn. You want to say hello, Lynn? Thank you, Opal, for having me on. Hello, everybody. 
Uh, Lynn is a cryptocurrency expert, and uh, in many, many ways, we're talking about cyber currencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum and several of the others that are out there. And we've had Lynn on before, but this is advancing to just, just very much like Momo, it's just advancing to levels we can't even believe. And I was with uh, Lynn earlier this week, and we said we really want to bring in to you all how this is affecting crime. Now, he's going to talk a lot about Ponzi schemes because that's going on, but cryptocurrency is being used by cartels and organized crime and pedophiles and and, uh, child pornographers all over the world. The scarier part is it is our kids who learn to use Bitcoin first. So we're starting into our next break here. But, uh, Lynn, first, uh, we only have a couple of minutes because I've monopolized here. But just tell them quickly, Eagle Research, uh, how do they reach you like that? And then we'll get started. Well, it's easy to reach us. Uh, first of all, we have a website, and it's uh, – www.eagleresearchassociates.org, and we are a 501c3, so that's why we have the .org. And our whole purpose is to educate the public about investment Ponzi scams, frauds, and all the different forms of cybercrime that they take. And there's a whole list of different type of things that they do, and most of them are done right on your computer, bank phishing email scams. I'm sure everybody's received those. But the whole bottom line is is that we wanted to educate the public because the more we educate the public, the less likely they are to become a victim. And it's so easy to become a victim. If you think you can't be a victim, you're the target because you will be a victim. It's just yeah. a matter of when. Yes, and so that's, that's why we formed. But the second part of what we do is, is that wait, we wait, wait, wait. also wanted to help law enforcement. So we okay. joined up with law enforcement worldwide, and we help them in their investigations. A lot of times we tell them about things happening happening uh-huh okay we are up against that break next segment we're going to just turn it over to lynn and let him go for it here so if you will stay with us we'll be right back this is opal singleton exploited crimes against humanity streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. 
Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O P A L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, thank you and welcome back. We have as our guest today, Lynn Edgington. I always I, I struggle with this name because it has three syllables, Edgington. And uh, he is with Eagle Research Associates. And with that, I'm just going to turn it over because what he does is fascinating. I want you to hear about it. So go for it, Lynn. Well, thank you. And first of all, let me kind of just backtrack and explain what a cryptocurrency is. It's a digital currency. And it's using encryption and coding techniques that allow the user to transfer funds, and it can be done without the use of a central authority, such as a banking system. Mm-hmm. And there are many types of cryptocurrencies available today, but of course, the granddaddy, the one that started it all, is Bitcoin. Right. How do you get a cryptocurrency? Well, anyone, and it's done through a program called mining, and anyone can be a miner, and the miners exist to prevent users from abusing the system and forging transactions. They use algorithms to solve mathematical problems, and these miners have to connect to a new block with their predecessors' transactions. So basically, this is what you're doing. You're building a block. Mm-hmm. And so these numbers of miners are solving a bunch of puzzles to build this block, and they add it to a blockchain. And when a miner has accomplished this, they have earned the right to add coin-based transactions that reward them with a specific number of bitcoins. In this case, we're talking about bitcoin or it happens with any cryptocurrency. Miners can only work for, for so much Bitcoin at a time in order to maintain, maintain balance in the system. So, okay, we've talked about mining. Now, what is a blockchain? Well, in the most basic terms, a blockchain is an always, always growing list of records, and these records are called blocks. The blocks in a blockchain are linked through cryptography, and they contain a unique cryptography, uh, excuse me, cryptographic, I'm having a fun time this morning. Uh, Hash from the block before it as well as a timestamp and transaction formation. And then the blockchains work as sort of a ledger within any cryptocurrency system. And when a block is created and attached to a previous block, that information is permanent. These blocks are vital to any cryptocurrency system because since there is no centralized figure, they maintain the security. And these blocks are what the miners work with to validate transactions. And when a miner validates a block and adds it to the blockchain, the transaction can be complete. Okay. Now, that's how basically this all comes together and how it works. And so the, the neat part about this, in one way, is totally anonymous. You do, all you see is the actual solving of the blocks. You mm-hmm. do not know who's doing it and who's, you, know, you don't know who the seller is. You don't know who the buyer is when they put it out on the market to buy. So the anonymity is what attracts a lot of people to it. And of course, a lot of people are doing it because you don't have to report it to your tax authority because mm-hmm. it's all anonymous. They don't know it's you. 
And so conversely, that's the, you know, that's the thing that attracts people to it. The mm-hmm. negative of it is, is it's a license to steal, and we know that they, criminals use it for money laundering. They use it for all kinds of different things, drug trafficking. I mean, there is so much going on, and that's their method of choice now, get away from the banks because they can be followed and traced. When you're mm-hmm. dealing cryptocurrencies, there's nothing to trace. All you can see is that there was a block created, and it created so many coins, and somebody sold it, somebody bought it. That's it. You don't know who. So that's the, you know, there's a, a side of it that's nice, and there's a side of it, like everything else, that's always exploited and becomes a criminal element. Mm-hmm. Now, so, one of the things uh, that we deal in is we deal in fake cryptocurrency. And when I say okay. f- fake cryptocurrency is we're dealing in something that doesn't exist. They claim they're doing cryptocurrency, but they're not. It's always they're going to develop their coin. They claim mining is going on, but what you're doing is is you're buying into a program that's going to, you can't trade it on open market because it's not on an open market trade. As I said, it doesn't exist, so you can't put it on a, you can't put it on a marketing exchange and trade coins like you can Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all the other ones that are out there. And right now, there's about 2,300 or so of these uh, cryptocurrencies, from very big like Bitcoin to just minuscule. And so they run the gamut from you know thousands of dollars a coin to thousands of a penny of a coin, but they're mm-hmm. out there. And so conversely. Uh, we know who the real ones are because they trade on the public exchanges. The fake ones don't, but it's always a promise of them to come, and a lot of them time around other types of products. But the way you can really tell a fake cryptocurrency is, is every one of them uses what we call an MLM or multi-level marketing format. And that just mm-hmm. simply means you have to join in order to be able to participate in the program. Well, here's what okay. makes it illegal. When you... When you join an MLM program under the FTC rules, it says that 51% of your income must come from retail sales. That means you have to sell to people that are not part of your group or anybody affiliated within the company. So in an MLM, Mm -hmm. you build a downline. Mm -hmm. And that downline is people you sign up and recruit to be part of your organization, and you get a percentage of all their sales. And they get people in their organization, they get a percentage of their sales, and you build this Pyramid really is what it's being built, but the bottom line is 51% of the revenue has to come from outside that pyramid of your organization. Okay. Well, in this situation, there is no outside income. Mm-hmm. Everything has to, you can't get it. You can't, I can't get a hold of somebody that's, say, for example, in BitConnect because they're right. doing cryptocurrency, or at least they say they were, but I can't get a hold of anybody and have them sell me BitConnect cryptocurrency. It, they can't because I have to join in order to do it. And mm-hmm. so conversely, that's where, we're, our, that's where we're at right now. And so it's real easy to determine who's fake and who's not by the, merely by the structure and are they trading on an open market. So mm-hmm. that's a, it's easy for us to spot them. The good news is these people are not anonymous. We know who they are. And probably 98% of the, of, of the cases we deal with, they are not uh, they are who they say they are. There's only about 2% that use fake names. Okay. So if our listeners here want to get involved in cryptocurrency, how can they tell the good ones from the illegal ones? 
Well, the, the biggest issue is can you, can you turn around and can you trade it? I mean, is it tradable and can you turn around and sell it and get your money out that you put into the, that you got out of your coins if you decide you want to sell? And, of course, you can't. And what they're doing is, is they're, what they're doing when they set up these fake cryptocurrencies, they give you what is called tokens. And these tokens are allowed to be so many, you get so many tokens that are going to be able to be transferred into their coin when it goes public. And the promise is it's always going to go public. I see. Uh, I'm going to give you an example of this. There is a cryptocurrency claiming to be a cryptocurrency called OneCoin. Uh-huh. And so since late 2014, they've been promising that they're going to go public. Well, here we are in 2018. And the big thing was is that in January of this year, they announced that they were going to go public October of this year. So everybody that had bought into it, they were all excited. Now they were going to be able to get their coins traded. They were going to be able to get all the money they put into it. Excuse me. They were going to be able to start getting some of that money back. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, the theme was you buy now and you're going to become a multimillionaire because we know Bitcoin sure. created a lot of millionaires. So uh-huh. the, that's the hook. Well, lo and behold, as we get closer and closer to October, they came out and said, well, got a problem. Now it's going to be October of 2019. Well, mm-hmm. that didn't go over really well with all the people that bought in and been promised for four years that there's going to be an, uh, a public trading coming up. And so what they did was they said, well, we can't do that right now, but we've got a different situation where you're, we're going to offer you a different program, and these you will be able to uh, to trade a little bit on, and it's limited what you can trade, and you purchase these, and then in twenty at the end of October or into October 2019, then our coin will go public, and then you'll be able to get rid of a lot of your coins. And all it is is just another way to raise a bunch of more money. And we figure that just that, and get this, this we're talking two to four cents a coin here. Uh-huh. They've if they are successful in doing what they say they're going to do, that's going to result into about four and a half to five billion dollars of additional money that they're bringing into this Ponzi, mm-hmm. and that means that they're already at probably seven and a half, maybe eight billion dollars. So it's going to be the mother of all fake cryptocurrencies because it's probably going to end up at about twelve. It can end up between twelve and probably fifteen, sixteen billion dollars when it's oh, all said and done. That's huge. And, and, you know, they already have a pool of people they've been able to seduce, if you will. <laughs> yep. Uh, in this particular case, they, again, here's, what, here's the problem we have when we deal with fake cryptocurrencies or any Ponzi. What they claim they have sometimes is not exactly what it is. In this case, I really am pretty comfortable with what they're claiming. They've got over 3.5 million people that are part of this and growing wow. They, can, can you, they never stop. They're constantly recruiting more and more people to join. And they're in 172 countries, and now they're targeting uh, Africa, the, uh, the countries in Africa. They're uh, starting to really move into Latin America, and so we're seeing more and more presentations there. We're seeing it in other places around the world where they, you know, they have to have new blood, shall we say, to keep the thing going. And so... Uh, this thing just keeps getting bigger and bigger, but we do know that at one point there was at least a minimum of 3.5 million. And I really believe that's probably now over 4 million with the number of people they've been adding over the last uh, 10 months. You know, uh, so what, the numbers what keep saying, bigger and bigger. What you're saying there, you start to realize you go into a lot of these South American countries that really have just enormous inflation and the people are desperate to 
have some sort of income or get some return. I was I was listening to uh, what was going on in Venezuela this week, and it, it is just really, really heartbreaking. And so you go into those countries like that and you offer them you know, a way to make money when they have almost no way. They're probably very easy prey to get them to invest. Oh, absolutely, because it's always a lure of uh, getting wealthy. Yeah, easy I money. Mean, I always tell our kids, easy money will be the most expensive money you ever earn. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, of course, when it all starts coming apart, then the people that, even though we know who they are, it's amazing how they can get into places where you can't extradite them. What um, we're seeing in the fake cryptocurrency world is, is they're staying outside the United States from the standpoint of operating in the United States. Right, they operate offshore somewhere. Well, most of them are being, uh, are being run out of uh, Eastern Europe. We're uh-huh. seeing, uh, for example, one coin is being run out of Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing this, and we're seeing them in Southeast Asia. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing is, is that we, when this first hit the market, we started looking at this. We knew it was going to get big because <laughs> these type of Ponzi guys, they're always looking for a new way to, to steal people's money. And we knew that this was going to be a really big growth industry for, if you will, in the in this element, in this criminal element. Hey, Lynn, we're up against listener. this break here. I'm going to okay. cut you off for a second, and we'll come back here in just a minute. This is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking to Lynn Eddington, and he is with Eagle Research Associates. We're up against that break. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. We are talking to Lynn Edgington of Eagle Research Associates. Lynn uh, works with law enforcement actually all over the world in dealing with uh, cryptocurrency crime. And we are talking about various Ponzi schemes that are going on. So with that, I'm going to just turn it back over. Uh, Keep going with where you were at on that, Lynn, because that's fascinating stuff. Well, one of the things I wanted to explain to people is is that, uh, like I said, for us, it's really easy to see that it's fake. To the people who are getting involved, they can't see it. But here's the point I want to drive home to everybody. It makes no difference what kind of Ponzi scheme it is, if it's an illegal pyramid, illegal cash gifting. You are joining a cult. There's no other way to explain it other than it's a cult mentality. So what, I, what do I mean by that? Well, in a cult, you're taught to ignore everybody outside your group because they don't understand what's going on, and only the enlightened people are getting it, and they're the ones who become a member of the group mm-hmm. slash cult. And so you're not paying attention to anybody. In fact, what do cults do? They get you to totally pull away from your family, your friends, unless they're enlightened and join with you, you're not to have anything to do with them. So uh-huh. when they get into these Ponzi programs and people like myself, and there's a bunch of us out there that are warning people and telling them what this really is, they don't believe us. They, don't, they can't believe us because if they do, then they realize they've been conned, and nobody wants to admit they've been conned. But because of this cult mentality, the standard response we get every time is, well, you don't know what you're talking about. If you're not in it, you can't understand it, and only the people running it fully understand it. And it's like, well, what, do you, what can you tell me about it? And they can't tell you anything to what they've been told to tell. And uh-huh. it's like, well, what about this? Well, they don't have an answer. Said, well, that's not important because if it was important, our leaders would tell us. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say you're in a cult. You just don't realize you're in a cult. These people are so really me- good at what they do. So let me ask you, is one of the ways that they lure in new people, I mean, you're, I used to invest in the stock market back when my husband was alive. I'm, I'm not going to do that by myself. But anyway, um, uh, it, what I would see is all these promotions about, you know, if Bitcoin did well, I mean, this is the new blah, 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 thou, anticipating a thousand percent return. It, do they use social media to lure in new people that way? They use everything. There, uh-huh. There's nothing off the table on this, especially uh, social media. But what happens is the way you get caught up in it is a friend or family member gets in it and you get caught up by them. And they use a lot, They love for family members to get involved because, you know, think about it. Uh, well, if Uncle Charlie's doing it, uh, I want to be like, I don't want Uncle Charlie to get a leg up on me and become more financially successful than I am. And if he's in it and he thinks it's great because uh, we use people we shouldn't use as our barometer for what we should be investing in and what we shouldn't be investing in. And it's like, well, what experience do they have in investing? If they're really, truly qualified investors, yeah, you listen to them. But if they're not, why do you take an investment advice from somebody instead of a professional that is an investment person? And so Mm -hmm. 
they lure you in through fa- friends, family, and also through social media. And mm-hmm. ironically, we are closer to our social media friends than we are our own family and our friends. Isn't and so conversely, that true? <laughs> that's how they lure you in. That's, I mean, it's just the same thing like the Momo game. They uh-huh. are able to pull you in because you answered, you just did a simple little thing, and next thing you know, you're hooked. And the same uh-huh. thing happens here. It, it's just the difference in the level. And, of course, uh, I mean, this Momo thing is just absolutely atrocious, and I think they, I'm praying they can shut it all down. But the problem we have is, is this cryptocurrency is bigger than any other the type of Ponzi we've ever seen before. Right. And we've taken down some billion-dollar Ponzi's, but cryptocurrencies is blown through billion dollars like it's water. Wow. I'll give you an example. We, got, we had a program called BitConnect, mm-hmm. and we knew it was big. We just didn't know how big. Well, they finally, the authorities finally moved in and shut it down. And, and usually when they shut it down, you get a number, and that's the preliminary number. And we always know when we see a preliminary number, it's going to be bigger when they actually get into And once they get into the records and they're able to go back in and follow all the money and everything that's been involved in this, the, the numbers just go up. Well, uh-huh. right now it's sitting at $5.6 billion. Holy cow. We really think it's going to go over $6 billion before it's all said and done. There was another program. Now, that, now, wait, just wait, compare wait, that wait, to wait. another Ponzi. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You're talking $6 billion of people losing money. Yes. Wow. Around the world, right? Around the world. And You would uh, would think that would be front page news. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, it doesn't. That's the problem. And, but going back to OneCoin just for a moment, there, we know that there's at least a minimum of 3.5 million people that were involved in, right now involved in OneCoin. We think it's probably over 4 million now. Wow. But it's going to be bigger than BitConnect because we already know it's probably in a seven eight billion dollar range. This next round of way they're going to try to get people to give more money could equal that or be bigger even still. And if the authorities don't take and shut it down, by the time we get to October of next year, we're probably looking at fifteen sixteen billion dollars, if not more. So this so- is how big they get. Put it in perspective. What what happens to the people that are running these Ponzi schemes? Are they able to find them, isolate them, charge them, put them away, or uh, are there a lot of them? Uh, you know, how big well, is this? Mm-hmm. Well, let me give you an example in the crypto fake cryptocurrency. I'm only going to use I'm only using these numbers from March of this year to the end of August of this year. Wow. Remember when I said we knew it was going to get big? We just didn't know how big. Mm-hmm. Just in that six-month period of time, there was 130 new fake cryptocurrencies that were launched and came online to steal people's money. Uh, between what months. time again? Just like six months? March 1st, mm-hmm. August 31st wow. of this year. Wow. And we know of 10 or 12 others that are trying to launch by October 1st. And we're probably going to hear about a couple more coming out. And again, it's slowing down a little. But it's still growing, and it just and as long as people are willing to sign up and willing to give money, they're going to keep they're going to keep launching. Sure. The irony is is that a lot of the people who were in one coin left one coin, and they started their own fake cryptocurrency because they saw how much money they can make if they did their own versus being just one of the MLM leaders. Oh yeah. So, I mean, we've seen this multiply. You know, uh, we've had 
uh, and this is the way it works, because they were in their, and they built huge downlines. We had one group that had over 45,000 people in their downline. Wow. Now is think this, about uh, that just for a second. Will this often be like a particular religion, uh, religious group, or um, like that, or just general public? Oh, it's equal opportunity. They go after anybody and everybody. <laughs> uh, you'll see. I mean, but they do target seniors. They do target Christians. They do tar- target the Jewish community. They, you know, they have their uh, what we call uh, the affinity fraud, and that's just a mm-hmm. specific group of people that they specifically target. Well, they're part of the target, but it encompasses everyone. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they don't want to turn away money. So they, right. they're very easily, you know, they're equal opportunity for everyone and all. But this is how crazy it gets. When we saw Ponzi's back, I'm, I'm going to give you a time reference here that will blow people's minds away. In 2004, when I first became aware of this going on online, the mm-hmm. average Ponzi, the big ones, were usually 100 to 200 to maybe $250 million. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Sure. But compare that to today, $5.6 billion. It makes it look Unbelievable. like pocket change when you put it in context to how much money is being taken out of the world economy. And remember, it's, it's coming out of the world economy in one way, but it's being put back in another because these people are, that are pulling the money in are spending the money. And the mm-hmm. problem we have is in answering your question is that a lot of times we're able to get the people arrested, get them tried, and get them convicted and put in prison. But unfortunately, a lot of them are able to shut down and get away before law enforcement ever has a chance to do, complete their investigations and file charges against them. And mm-hmm. when they do that, they disappear. And mm-hmm. the money has already disappeared. They go to one places the, where there are no extradition one, treaties. Yeah, one of the problems is the cartels and the and the... Um, you know, this is some sort of organized crime. It may not be the kind that we normally identify, but they get bigger, they get richer, you know, and uh, and it makes it harder and harder to go after them because they have all the resources, and they usually will use that money to fund things that are that are not legal as it is. Oh, absolutely, and this is a frustration we have is because all we can do is provide the information to law enforcement for them to take action. It's up to them because they have to determine what laws have been broken and then file the, you know, the charges that they can take to court and be able to prove in court. And so, you know, but we're doing everything we can to keep law enforcement abreast of this because there's so much out there, they don't have the time to be able to find this stuff like we do, and that's because that's what we do. And so, we, in essence, a lot of times we're their eyes and ears and we tell them about stuff before they even ever would hear about it. Mm-hmm. The problem is most investigations, as you've pointed out earlier in the show, they're not done overnight. These things take right. time. It yes. used to take two, maybe three years to complete an investigation in the, the old traditional pyramid Ponzi schemes that we had back in you know the early 2000 coming forward. Well, by the time they got around to arresting everybody, they were gone. So what we want to do is work with law enforcement to be able to cut that timeline down so that in six months to nine months before they have a chance to run, that we're able to shut them down. And, and they, so probably also, they probably don't have the expertise that you do either, so you need to hand them a, a completed package because they probably don't even know where to start. Exactly. And that's not, I'm not denigrating law enforcement here. It's just that they, you know, stop and think about all the different type of law uh, crimes that they have to investigate. Their hands are full. And we understand sure. that. 
And so that's why we love doing what we do because we can kind of be their eyes and ears, but we can also give them a lot of information for them to do the things that they can only do that we can't do and hopefully shut this stuff down and get the guys and girls, believe me, there are women in this that are running them, that before they can run and get away and not be found at all. Sure. We are talking to Lynn Edgington. It is Eagle Research Associates. So we're going to give you how to contact him if you know of anybody that uh, it might be involved in one of these cryptocurrency schemes. Um, you know, we want to make sure that you know how to contact him. We're up against this break at this time, so bear with us. As we get back, we will give you how to contact Lynn and uh, kind of close this out. But we really want you to know about this. It sounds complex, but when you break it down, it is, in essence, a Ponzi scheme where a lot of people are getting hurt. So stay with us, folks. We're going to be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking to Lynn Edgington, that is E-D-G-I-N-G-T-O-N, and his organization is eagleresearchassociates.org. Uh, his phone number, 949-837-6078. And Lynn wrote a book called Robbing You with a Keyboard Instead of a Gun. And you can get that at Amazon. And we're going to give all that information out uh, soon, again, before we close out here. But, Lynn, uh, keep going here. It's a fascinating thing that you're talking about because literally – with so many people involved, many of us might know of people that are caught up in this. Uh, and it, it's interesting the way this is global and the numbers are staggering. So 
We're down to the last segment. Keep going with what you're saying there. Anything else you want to share with us? Well, one of the things I want to explain to people is is that one of the first things that hit me is, is, well, I don't know anybody that's ever been a victim of this. So how big of a problem is it? It can't be that big because I don't know anybody. And my response, firstly, is, yes, you do. The problem is they're not going to tell you. I mean, I'll give you an analogy. You're, you know, you're with a family at Thanksgiving, and after you've had your Thanksgiving dinner and everybody's sitting around talking and sharing stories of what's going on in their lives, would you, if you just lost your life savings or a huge sum of money to a Ponzi, would you just say, well, you know what, you're not going to believe what happened to me. I just yeah. lost our life savings, or I lost a whole boatload of money in a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. You're never going to bring it up. You're not going to tell anybody. You're not going to tell your friends. You're not going to tell your family. You're too embarrassed. Uh, You don't want them knowing your business, and you're afraid that they're going to think less of you, that how could you be so stupid to fall for this? And I'm going to use that word. We we never believe that a person that has been victim of this is stupid. You're Uh ignorant because you don't understand what's going on, but there's a difference between stupid and ignorant. Right. And the thing is, about the time you think that you can't be the victim, as I said earlier in the show, you're the prime target. We have bankers, we have accountants, we have CPAs, we have financial planners, we have stockbrokers, hedge fund managers, attorneys, doctors, professional people that you think would be smart enough to never fall for this, and they are victims of these programs. We sure. know because we, we get the calls from the people that are victims, wanting mm-hmm. us and help see what we can do to help them. And so we see it all. But the thing is, they don't share that with anybody else. They share that with us. Mm-hmm. And, we, of course, we never share any information we get with anybody. It's, you know, anytime anybody wants to call and talk to us, it's totally confidential. So I want people to understand, we're not going to go out and tell everybody that you give out your name and say, you're not going to believe what happened to so-and-so. Right. Uh, we, we will say, you know, we've been, we receive calls from people that this happened to them. But we never give out a name. We always give a circumstance or an explanation of what they got involved in, but we never mention anybody's name. So I think it's important people know. You are anonymous when you talk to us, and it's totally confidential. We're not going to give out any information to anybody. Uh-huh. And even including law enforcement. We just tell them that we got this, you know, they came to us, we have this information. Now understand, at some point law enforcement may have to talk to you, but you have to give us permission to give them your name for they can talk to you. Right. So I, I really wanted to emphasize that to people because a lot of times people are reluctant to call us because they're afraid what we're going to do with the information they give us. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So if you know of anybody that's out there that is involved in that, then they should contact you. Is that, that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And your phone number, 949-837-6078? Right. And if they want to shoot an email, all they do is go to our website. There's a contact us link. You click on it. You send us an email. And I want everybody to understand, when you call the number, you will talk to me. If you send an email, I will be the one who responds. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting a third party or somebody else that isn't for, you know, no, I'm the only one in our organization. Our people, the people we have in our organization are researchers, and they're the ones who, you know, they're, they're the ones that help us do what we do, and they're the computer guys that I'm, they're way above what I know how to do. And I don't profess that that's not my forte. My, my responsibility is to be the eyes and ears and be the communication with all law enforcement agencies and be on the radio and be on TV and do the things in the seminars that we do. That's my role. But you will talk to me. 
and you will also be when you send an email, we I will be the one who responds to you. So you you don't have to worry about it being broadcast throughout our organization. It doesn't work that way. And Lynn, one of the things I want to make real clear to our listeners, this is a global show and this is a global problem. So it doesn't matter where you live in the world. Uh, if you have been involved in this or you know somebody that is or you need assistance or you just want to ask a question, you can email Lynn. Uh, his website is Eagle, E-A-G-L-E, Research Associates, spelled out completely, and that's EagleResearchAssociates.org. And just go to his website. So even if you're overseas, I know that Lynn often goes overseas, um, in and throughout Europe and even Asia. And so if you're aware of this going on, you work on global cases. Absolutely. Uh, it's a global crime. Uh, when we first got into this, to be honest with you, I never dreamt that we'd be working with law enforcement agencies around the world. I really didn't. I knew we'd be working with the U.S. law enforcement because we're based U.S., and, and at that particular point in time when we started Eagle, a lot of this was U.S.-based. We're seeing more and more of it being uh, overseas. Uh, we're not seeing that many of the – there's only a handful of possible cryptocurrencies that – it depends what happens with them. But there's only a handful that, here, that operate actually in the United States that are started up by people living in the United States. Everything else is overseas, and it's all through Eastern Europe and, South, and Southeast Asia. So I want to remind the listeners, if you're interested in purchasing the book, you can do that at eagleresearchassociates.org. It is robbing you with a keyboard instead of a gun. If you want to reach Lynn, his phone number is 949-837-6078. And the name of the organization is Eagle Research Associates. So we're down to about the last three minutes. Any last words of wisdom you want to give to the, or it's actually two minutes, he just told me. So anyway, uh, you want to, any last words of wisdom you want to share here? Well, what I want to tell people is, is that uh, your friendly computer has stole more money than all the bank robberies, embezzlement, fraud, combined and it was done from the comfort of your home sitting on your keyboard signing up and getting involved in a ponzi of any type and you never had to leave the comfort of your home to do it you didn't wow. have to go to a hotel meeting but it's stolen more money in fact the president of interpol said that right now ponzi schemes in all the various formats and we're talking the whole gamut of ponzi's has stolen more money than heroin and cocaine trafficking combined Good grief. Well, folks, this is how this big is, it is. That's amazing. This has been our guest today, Lynn Eddington. Edgington. It's, it's interesting. I don't have that problem with Singleton, but Edgington always gets me. <laughs> anyway, it's my friend Lynn at Eagle Research Associates. His phone number 949-837-6078. Folks, thank you for joining us today. We really, really appreciate it. We'll be back with you next Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Be sure to go to exploitedcrimes.com. These shows are archived and you can share them with everyone you know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.
you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.